I don't need any bags of eyes. Please don't get me any for Christmas. I have a jar of eyes. Oh, you do? Mm-hmm. I have a little Ziploc baggie full of googly eyes, but I don't, uh, I don't, I don't have enough. I need more. I keep it next to my jar of hearts. <laughs> We're recording, by the way. Oh, great. <laughs> We're on air. Welcome all to the Oklahoma Today podcast, bringing you all the best our state has to offer. This week, we are talking with musical maestro of the Oklahoma City Philharmonic, uh, the musical director, Alexander Micklethwaite. But first, let's get into our question of the week. We asked you, what is your favorite song in a genre that you don't usually like. Uh, first up, Editor-in-Chief Nathan Gunner. Um, mine comes kind of by way of uh, a book I read recently, which was Jeanette McCurdy's I'm Glad My Mom Died. And I didn't know, I didn't actually know that Ariana Grande came from Nickelodeon until I oh. read that book, which is dumb of me just because I'm, I'm too old. Um, but so, but I don't really like like bubblegum pop. So, but lately I've had a bunch of Ariana Grande songs stuck in my head. So like Positions, I think is a great song. Hmm. So I would say that. I just don't like that kind of pop. It doesn't really do anything for me. But, but it's been stuck in my head because of that book. Yeah. For the listeners, yeah. this was a really bad mom. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> read, read the book. It'll. <laughs> no, but I mean, I was, I was like, I was like in my twenties when that show was on. Like, I didn't know yeah. anything about it. Yeah. So. Uh, honestly, if I didn't have kids, I would not have known that Ariana Grande was no a Nickelodeon. Clue. First time I ever person. knew anything about her was when she hosted SNL. Oh. Other than just like having heard her name. Anyway, so yeah. uh, positions by Ariana Grande. I think right. It's probably the current one. Managing editor Carly Ibarra. Um. So. I don't necessarily dislike this genre. I've just never really gotten into it. But um, Wolf Totem by The Who, which is a Mongolian folk metal band, is really fun. And I can actually listen to it when I'm at work because it's not – their lyrics usually aren't in English, so it doesn't distract me from writing and stuff. So if you've not heard The Who, you should definitely check them out. They're very interesting. The Who is a Mongolian band? Uh Uh-huh. The Who – the Who, H-U, not W-H-O. Okay. Because I was about to be like – It's like Pete Townsend. Would like to have a word yeah. with you. I have some questions for Roger Daltrey, frankly. Okay. Okay. Well, that wow. that really took me out of myself for a minute because I was like, I love the Who and I've loved them for a long time, and I didn't know they were from Mongol. I, I was like, wow. I was like, like, like re like reimagining Tommy. Like I was. <laughs> yeah. I was rethinking about half of what they're I all to they're all kin to uh, Genghis Khan. The H U. The H U. The H U. Okay. <laughs> Photo editor Megan Rossman. Uh, I don't know what genre you would call Enya, but I love Enya. <laughs> I think <laughs> Enya I like, is a genre unto herself. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm, and I'm not Irish sh- magic lady music. Yeah, yeah. so I, I, I don't know. That, that's that's yeah, my answer. No flow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Research editor Ben Lucian. I don't know that I have a particular song. However, uh, I have a Pandora station of uh, Gregorian chant oh, that I yeah. listen to while I'm writing. Yeah. I guess it makes my writing more more epic or something. Huh. <laughs> so I listen to the Greg or Ian chants, either one. <laughs> I remember in the 90s when that was such a huge thing. Remember, like, the Gregorian monks yeah. were, like, pop stars? Yeah, Ian yeah. has really been horning in on things. Uh, really, you know. What about you, Greg? Uh, Wheels on the bus? <laughs> oh. uh, I've Got Friends in Low Places by... Uh, oh, I, I'm, I'm just not a country guy. I never really have been huge oh. in the country. And, but Garth Brooks is... No genre can contain him. He, he's, no, he's that's too true. Good. He's that's just true. Too good. He is too good. He, is, uh, he is, is too good for this world. <laughs> Garth, come on the show. <laughs> uh, here is what our uh, our readers had to say. Uh, the folks at Railyard Pie Company said "In the Mood" by Glenn Miller. Oh, that's a great song. Yeah, 
Uh, Jesse Sloan, uh, our previous our, podcast guest yes. and, and uh, husband, of, husband. Our, of our uh, production our producer, manager, yeah. uh, said Carrie Underwood's uh, Before He Cheats. You know, I got to give it to that song. It's freaking infectious. It is. It's like, a really good video, too. It it's is. Fun. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, Bethany on Instagram said Done by the band Perry. Apparently, she's a modern rock fan, so. Oh. Oh, yeah, I mean, I know that song. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, oh, man, but you know yeah. what? Uh, we were talking about, we did our makeup Thanksgiving uh, recently, like this past weekend, and we were talking about um, the Carrie Underwood song, Blown Away. Oh. Because the whole song is about using a tornado as a murder weapon, <laughs> which is such a great plot. Anyway, hmm. <laughs> it is. That's what that song's about. Whenever I'm with family, I just think about that SNL sketch where everybody was listening to Rolling in the Deep. Uh-huh. <laughs> that <laughs> was just, a good just one. Everybody was Adele for a minute. Uh-huh. Um, and mostly because I like to wear a big fur coat. And your your manicure is always oh, just on it point. Is on Absolutely point. on fleek. What did our what did our uh, <laughs> uh, I just <laughs> said on fleek. <laughs> Let's, what did our social media save me from myself here, Greg? We just did that. Uh, <laughs> we already went through those. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll just edit that part. Yeah. Let's, let's okay. take that I one out. There were more. Range. I okay. thought there was only like three. I know. I, I kind of oh. like it when we don't edit those things. I, I do have a new favorite for anyone, um, if you're interested. Snoop Dogg has songs for kids that are about like brushing your teeth and being <gasps> nice to one another. Okay. And there's one that's just like, you're a good person. You can do good things. And it's so great. You should you should definitely no, check it yeah, out. Yeah, I saw really? like a TikTok video of some girl who was just like, you know, like getting herself pumped up in the morning, like listening to Snoop Dogg yeah. songs for kids. And I was like, that. and they're appropriate. They're yeah. because they're for kids. So, yeah. Huh. I mean, all Snoop Dogg music is appropriate just for various audiences. Yes. Yeah. Well, these are appropriate these for are people appropriate of for all kids. ages. <laughs> uh, speaking of some great all ages music, let's talk to Alexander Micklethwaite with the Oklahoma City Philharmonic. Well, music fans, uh, I'm excited. I know you guys are excited. We have captured him. We finally got him. Uh, Alexander Micklethwaite from the Oklahoma City Philharmonic, the music director, uh, is on the podcast. Um, I, just a quick note, uh, the, the staff of Oklahoma Today uh, came down, you guys had a free concert at the Civic Center and we were blown away uh, as well as I mean, a huge audience. Everybody gathered for this really great lunchtime concert and it was so joyful and really just great. And, and honestly, I, I part of what made it so much fun was, was you, uh, uh, Alex. Thank you so much uh, for coming on the podcast. Oh, it's a real pleasure. Thanks for having me. And it was a fun concert. We haven't done that kind of free lunchtime during my time, at least here forever. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a great event. It was, it was, uh, and I, I know this happens to me when I'm driving and I'm listening to music. It's gotta be interesting for you when you look around and you see other people in the audience also conducting, uh, just helping out. Um, just they can't help it. It seems like the music just gets them, and all of a sudden the hands are up and out. And <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, it was good music collection and um, shorter pieces and fun pieces, and everybody, yeah, tried to imitate me. <laughs> so it was good. It's it's I I can't you know when the music is is because uh, uh, I believe uh, there was some bolero in there you you did a whole tour of of Europe with that one um, tell tell us a little bit uh, first of all about 
what's some upcoming stuff for for the Oklahoma City uh, Philharmonic? What what can people look forward to? I've seen your picture recently on a bus, so I know that there's a holiday show coming up. You're right. I mean, so gosh, lots happening. First of all, yes, lunchtime concert was a tour of Europe. Um, I started with good old Beethoven, Fidelio, and then went to Italy and uh, like Forza de Destino. Anyway, it just went from uh, country to country. And usually one, I mean, that's just maybe as a, in a restaurant, you know, or over a week with different restaurants and with yeah. music, it works kind of in a way. It was fun. So yes, bus, definitely. We have two different kind of buses going. One is the regular bus, which is more the overall hello Here's the Philharmonic. <laughs> and then the other one is the tram. And yes. the tram um, had me with the, or has me with a Christmas outfit. Yes. And yes, it was really fun. And actually we had last weekend our Christmas concerts, oh, okay. which were with Michael Feinstein and Susan Powell. Extremely fun. And uh, next week we are going to, uh, with that program, a little different, but with also Susan Powell, our 1981 American Beauty winner, we are going to Elk City and to Yukon. Oh, great. Um, and doing, because I try to not only be in Oklahoma City, but to also get out into the community and out into the state. So that's what we're going to do this coming week. That's really wonderful. To spread the Christmas, yeah, to spread the Christmas cheer <laughs> in a way. Um, and then, gosh, I mean, so much to talk about this, what's coming up still in January, a whole bunch, of course, and we can go more into depth with that. Uh, oh, yeah. Just two highlights, I guess. One is that uh, in April, Joshua Bell, he's one of the top three um, violent soloists in the, I guess, in the world, is coming to Oklahoma uh, to perform with us and um, with the Mendelssohn Violin Concerto, extremely beautiful, uh, romantic work. And then that's in April. And then in, in May, I'm really excited about our last classics of the season, which will feature a new work by an African-American composer. And as many Oklahomans know, Clara Looper, the social rights activist from the 1956 to 62 led those yeah. Those legendary students, right? And um, her 100th birthday is coming up, May 3rd. Okay. So I commissioned a new work to commemorate and honor her. And this will happen the beginning of May, May 13th, actually. So just two little highlights, but much more. We can talk Absolutely. about many more. But yeah. One, one thing I wanted to ask about is I, I feel like a lot of people have this misconception about uh about orchestral music the philharmonic that it is it, that everything is ancient it's all from 100 300 years ago and the truth is that that you guys do a lot of work uh, you, you do uh, the classics but also there's a lot of uh, there there's still contemporary uh music for orchestra for philharmonic that's being made <clears throat> and you guys really uh um you know, run, run the depth and breadth of it. Uh, you know, there's, there's nothing uh, too new or too old, really, as long as it sounds good, as long as people want to hear it. Yeah. I mean, it's one of my things that I'm trying to do here um, since I started, I guess, four years ago now. Um, I'm really excited. A couple of things. So this coming January, like in a month, we're doing a Nordic program. I mean, it's a generic title, but um uh, the first half is music by Icelandic composers, Iceland, 
mm-hmm. but not your regular Icelandic composers. Just so what you just said, I'm trying to connect the not necessarily fully pops world, but the crossover with the Philharmonic. So the first half of that Nordic program will be four songs by Icelandic singer Björk. Mm-hmm. And many of the watchers listeners might remember Björk, the lady with a swan dress from the <laughs> oh, Academy Awards yes. quite a while ago. Um, and she is extremely unique and fun and quirky. So there are four songs that we're going to do of Björk and orchestra. And then uh, the second piece in that first half is called, is a German title, titled Der Klang der Offenbarung, The Sound of the Revelation, which is by the pianist um, of the band Sigur Ross. Sigur Ross okay. is an Icelandic band, um, extremely beautiful, moody, since many, I mean, they're on touring for many, many, many years. Uh, and uh, Jörgen Sveinsson is the pianist, and he wrote this uh, half an hour of work, four movements, um, very still, very calm, going totally, totally, totally inward into your heart um, uh, with choir. So um, something that is really reaching over into outside of the classics in a way, but then music is music, right? So it's all... Amazing. Well, this is one I want to mention. And then the other, just to, again, the point you made, uh, music is not only by dead composers. Yeah. And nothing wrong with that. No. Nothing wrong with Beethoven and Brahms and the Germans or whatever. But there is uh, definitely a lot being written right now. Um, so in February, just a month later, we are having this fantastic program that features the Stravinsky Rite of Spring which was written 100 years ago, uh, 1913, and created the biggest music scandal in history um, in Paris, the Paris Opera House. But the first piece of that program is uh, by Johnny Greenwood uh, from Radiohead, uh, um, one of the pickup players. And he wrote the film music to the movie, There Will Be Blood. And it is extremely gritty and dark for strings only. Um, there will be blood, and I felt it would work really well with that uh, whole theme of the second half. Then that, that famous work by Stravinsky. Yeah. So again, trying to connect the dots between what was written in the past and then what is written now, and it's really fun to do that. Well, I, you know, and I, I feel like that is one of the one of the things that resonates with me about the work that you're doing with Oklahoma City Philharmonic is that there's a it's an entertainment but it's also very educational I I feel like um, having listened to you talk a little bit about uh, some of the different pieces that you were playing before uh, you uh, you're a historian, you know, uh, you, you, you have really, d- uh, dove headfirst into, um, into this music, not just to present it to everybody, but to give the context for it. Um, and I think that there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with just hearing music and enjoying it. I think that's as natural a thing in the world, but there is also something really wonderful about being given that new information that puts everything into its kind of proper context. And I feel like 
audiences uh, are responding to that, are, are, are coming to, to you and, and saying, not only am I enjoying this music, but I feel like I'm walking away maybe with a better understanding of this music. Um, tell me a little bit about how, how do you go about that sort of research and, and, and how do you find these, these, uh, these different works, sometimes centuries apart, that, that kind of um, connect and, and mesh together? Well, I mean, again, like music is music on one level. And yes, I do love to not only unite, I guess. If you think about it, it's like uniting on the stage, the musicians, the 180 musicians with the audience through sound. Suddenly one has a joined experience where it's not only like understanding, it's also the heart, emotionally, everyone's like, whoa. It's like this big crowd, everybody's feeling together. Yeah. But it also goes back in time if you think about it so yes what you just said um two one and a half years ago we started um the it was now 2022 2021 uh, in september we started that program uh with three works or, or by two different composers out of from the renaissance time gabrielli and um the other one <laughs> and the point is it was for brass only it was set up in was like in, uh, it was composed at that time uh 300 something years ago for spaces in a cathedral or in a church where the uh, brass groups would stand opposing each other creating this kind of stereo effect right like ooh. Ooh, whoa. And it was, well, it was kind of unusual, but really cool. Um, festive in a way, but also like humorous because they were talking to each other, yeah. like answering. It's like, da 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 You know, it's like, oh. And suddenly it's like, it actually is unifying. Well, our ancestors. Well, they were not so different. Yeah, no. <laughs> they had a sense of humor, you know, they had a sense of sound and like festivity and let's bring this into our time. Yeah. And then we paired it with uh, Beethoven's first symphony. Um, again, like it was a little later written with uh, 1801, 1801 after the French Revolution. And again, like somebody who was able to connect those sounds, not quite as in the Renaissance time, but in classical. And um, it's very, well, it's not only fun, but it's just like, what is you said, it's for me kind of uh, like almost time travel. And yeah. where I'm like, oh my gosh, they at that time, this the exact same thing. And what a interesting perspective. perspective. It's like, ah, oh, okay, we're suddenly united with those guys from <laughs> 300 years ago. If you yeah. think about it, and suddenly time shrinks and whoop, it like kind of is left to nothing, and it becomes again one. Um, and I like that. Yeah. So I you have all those time collapses and um, happening, and it's just really. Excited. Well, and uh, you know, one thing that I I, I got to say I really appreciate is uh, you you kind of mentioned the sense of humor, um, and and I think it is there's this 
weird misconception that we have that people didn't laugh 100 or 200 or 300 or 500 years ago. Like, like, just no, they were all very serious. They were all wearing togas for some reason. And every and everybody was just very upset all the time. They were constantly stabbing a Caesar. And, you know, it, it, it of course, people laughed. Of course, people had fun. And, and of course, um, that translated not just to to uh writing or to speaking but but to music as well i think that um one of the things that always fascinates me about music is that um is the humor in it is that is that sense of surprise i mean how do you make a piece of music that you're going to play over and over and over and over again you're going to listen to over and over and over and over again and yet you still hide these elements of surprise in there because you're because it tricks the brain you get into this rhythm and you get into it's like i know what's coming next and no you don't and that's when this other thing comes in and it it does it's it's a joyful surprise it makes you giggle Uh, i mean really that's that's part of the joy of of music and i i love that you're finding ways to to uh to time travel as you said and connect these things because i i think that it is so important in in our human development to understand each other and and part of that has to also be understanding other people throughout time where did where did this come from why why am i listening to this now uh, what's the evolution of this music that that's brought us here? And and it not just it, it's not like, you know, well, we started with this and now we're here. and This is good. That was terrible. It's like this is a this is a uh, a continuation uh, uh, of, of that. And you can you can appreciate the now so much better. If you can also appreciate the then. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, I kind of I most fascinated by exactly that in the sense that music is really the reflection if you think of the last 500 years is really the reflection of, of collective consciousness where did human stand 500 years ago simply um, in the sense of uh, how did they communicate or what was important to them so during that time as I mentioned well let's go a little further uh, 1500, 500 years ago, um, it was really, the music was simply a reflection of their uh, connection to God. I mean, everything was, everything was focused to a higher power, either as a Catholic, as a Catholic and then of course a Protestant. So everything they wrote, most of it they wrote, was just to glorify, glorify God. It was like just the concept of, of music at that time. But then slowly things shifted. Now, um, the interesting, most of the most interesting things was that was 50 years before the French Revolution and then after, that means 17, let's say 70, and then 1800. And why am I saying this? <laughs> because before the French Revolution, people, I mean, music, let's say, when you listen to a Mozart symphony, um, the two themes, they always complement each other. So, uh, like, uh, you have um, like in his last symphony, Jupiter symphony, the first idea is, 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 is fun, beautiful. And the second idea, it doesn't contradict 
the first idea. It's just like, yes, you are right. <laughs> it's kind of, it was at that time, before the French Revolution, people were not really yet used to kind of contradicting the authority. Yeah. French Revolution happens, everything is upside down. Beethoven comes start to compose, and suddenly you have a first theme, like, like, this is, this is how it is. And then the second theme answers, no, nope, it's not. This is how it is. And suddenly in music, reflecting overall, meant the overall consciousness of people is um, simply stating, yes, you are allowed to contradict. And then not only this, to give birth to a new idea because of that discourse. This happened then in the 19th century again and again. And this never, ever would have happened in the 18th century. And so we slowly move forward. And now you have, as I mentioned, the cigarettes piece, you have like, it goes, I mean, everything is allowed nowadays. Yeah. It's so crazy. But one of the big ones is really that standstill. There are several composers like Avo Peart um, that since like 50 years it started, I guess, this mysticism where it is not about getting somewhere anymore. It is just, it's almost Buddhist. It's like things are as they are. Yeah. And nothing will happen. You are in a state of just sound without a purpose almost, without going to, you know, anyway. So it's really again the reflection of our time. And it's extremely fun to dig into that almost like Freud, you know, or laying on the couch, you open the, the, the mind and yeah. So, Man, uh, I sure hope our listeners are enjoying this because I am. Uh, and frankly, at this point, I kind of don't care if they are. This is fascinating. I love this so much. Uh, I, I do have one, one out of left field question for you. Have you tried opening any locked doors in the city of Winnipeg? I, I, I read that you have the key to the city of Winnipeg. And I just wondered if you maybe went around and just tried a couple of times to just see, you know, if this would open or not. Very nice. Very nice. Yes. It's, I have the key. I mean, my kids always made fun of me and just like laying me on the, you know, and, um, I, yes, they were like, let's open the door. It's like, yeah, it doesn't work. Well, you, you also, it's fun. it's nice. You you performed for the for the queen, uh, um, uh, and and uh, didn't you, you received an award as well? Uh, I mean, you're, you're it's, it's just it's really great to be able to talk to someone who knows what they're talking about and is so interested in it. But also, it's it's kind of mind blowing to be talking to someone who's who's so well regarded in their wow. community. Well, I mean, yes or no, but I always make fun of myself. I don't want to, I mean, so it's, the queen was, it's Canada, of course. In yes. Canada, the queen has, is still, it's, she's still the empress. <laughs> oh, was, I mean, and um, however one thinks about it, whatever, you know, but in, you're right, 10 years ago, she came for her 80th birthday tour, world tour, and then came to Winnipeg um, and handed out those, uh, like appreciations to people of whatever. Yeah. So I get one of those, the Queen's um, uh, Jubilee medal. And then, yes, she came with her husband, with, with Prince Philip, yeah. and performed for her. And I was, I, I wrote about this at some point on Facebook, I think, that it was the one time before she came, like those 10 minutes before everyone's waiting, I was never in my life so nervous ever. I was so nervous, my heart was pounding. I don't know why, it was completely irrational. 
Yeah. And then she walked slowly around the corner and boom, it was like if your grandma, just somebody completely familiar, you see, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> oh. Sure, let's work, let's put yeah. fun now. Let's just have fun with it. Yeah, that's very, very sweet. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, folks, uh, so the Oklahoma City Philharmonic uh, is, uh, is currently playing in Oklahoma City, in Yukon, around the state, uh, and uh, and Alexander uh, Micklethwaite, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about this. Uh, anybody who is interested in getting tickets, and uh, you very well, you must uh, you must be. It is okcphil.org, um, and you can find out all the information on upcoming shows. You can get your tickets. Uh, you can stare at a very dreamy picture of Alexander. I've got it up on uh, on my desktop right now. I'll be looking at it all day. Uh, <laughs> you stoned. <laughs> you know what? Fair enough. Uh, uh, you 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 unfortunately have to see what I look like through the Zoom interview. So I will I will respect your wishes uh, and not stare at your picture all day. Um, uh, thank you again for coming on. And please, if if possible, I would absolutely love to have you back again. Uh, this has been so much fun. And I really want to I want more people to be able to to uh, hear your thoughts. And, and really, I want more people heading out to the Oklahoma City Philharmonic. It, it's such a it is it really is a treasure for our state. And uh, and I'm, I'm just so excited that I got to talk to you today. See, now that's good music. <laughs> They're great. That's what I call music. That's what uh, I <laughs> I really well, hope 97. I want someone from the Philharmonic to hear me saying that they should bring back their lunchtime we, concerts. We talked about oh, that. Oh, did you? Oh, I guess I missed that. Megan wasn't on the She's interview. Done, yeah. <laughs> She's going to have to hear uh, it later with everybody else. It is. I, I got to say, it was like such a treat talking to this guy. Alexander is so cool and knows so much. It, it, he's thinking more about music uh, on a on a daily basis, I think, than I I probably have in my entire life and it's it's amazing uh but but yeah i talked to him about uh, about how much we loved those lunchtime uh concerts and he was saying that that was something that he wanted to bring back oh good, oh, good. Um, yeah uh and i think a lot of it had to do with covid uh yeah you know, kind of shutting that sort of stuff down but uh i mean what a what a what a gem for Oklahoma City mm-hmm. and Oklahoma, and the, the idea that that he's kind of got the Philharmonic going around to different places right now uh, to to bring the music to the people, I think is is pretty awesome. I think that's so cool. All right, it is now time for us to once again plumb the depths of TravelOK.com's calendars for our weekly pod events, and first up this week is Carly. Ooh. Have you decked your halls, bedazzled your tree, and festooned yourself in all the gay apparel you can wear, but you're still not feeling the ho-ho in the holidays yet? If you've ever been described as a little much and would like to cram as much extra into your Christmas extravaganza as possible, check out Cirque Dreams Holidays at Tulsa's BOK Center, December 18th. This spectacular will feature more than 20 circus acts like jugglers, magicians, and aerial circus performers. And with more than 300 dazzling costumes, it'll be the closest thing we'll likely get to a North Pole fashion show. Tickets start at $33, so visit BOKCenter.com to find out more. It's going to be fun. Yeah. yeah. Circus plus Christmas just seems like a great formula. Yeah. It really mm-hmm. does. And know. I think any sort of Cirque show with that is is pretty amazing and seeing... Uh, it does sound like know. fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next up is Ben. 
this one goes out to all those people who just can't get in the Christmas spirit this year. You've baked dozens of cookies. Your radio dial stays locked on the Christmas station. You've ventured out to the mall just to try and feel something. It seems like you've tried it all, but you've still got a bad case of the humbugs. But how about this suggestion? How about you try shooting with guns the evil spirits that are out to ruin your holiday? No, I didn't just come up with this. German custom dating back to pagan times involves using the explosion from guns and cannons along with other loud noises to scare off those no-good spooks who want to ruin your yuletide fun. Come see for yourself at the firing of the Christmas guns at historic Fort Reno in El Reno. Beginning 2 p.m. this Saturday. This is a free and family-friendly event. Just please make sure you're standing behind them when they let that let off the cannon. And speaking of cannons, the Top Gun himself, Santa Claus, is scheduled to make an appearance and pose for photos after the festivities and what I can only assume is a promotional appearance for his new movie, Violent Night. <laughs> And as if there was already not enough merriment going on, enjoy the chilly dinner in the evening as well. Come check out this surefire way to spark your holiday spirit. This event is especially recommended for the Die Hard is a Christmas movie crowd. <laughs> for more information, call 405-262-3987 or visit fortreno.org slash Christmas dash guns. That's G-U-N-S. I didn't know that guns and cannons predated Christianity. <laughs> You learn something new every day, I I guess. You learn something every week on the Oklahoma Day podcast. podcast, You might learn something Uh, and cause you to fail your next history test. Noted. Yes, I will go since I do think Die Hard is Christmas. That actually does sound like fun. uh, It didn't start as uh, guns and it it was uh, just loud noises. Okay. Guns were sort of the loudest thing at the time they were invented. Okay. 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 I like that. Before that, that, you just had to clap ghosts away like. Uh, yeah, so if I don't feel like getting into my gun safe, I can just scream real loud? <laughs> yes. Okay, that sounds like a better idea. All right. It's also how I deal with intruders. Right. Uh, <laughs> Megan, what's your event this week? Well, in the words of American cultural titan and my second favorite Jewish bad boy, Adam Sandler, put on your yarmulke, it's time for Hanukkah. <laughs> On December 18th, Mayor David Holt will ignite a little bit of Hebrew heat when he lights the giant menorah at Scissortail Park in downtown Oklahoma City, and we get this holiday started. On this first night of Hanukkah, visitors will be able to enjoy a bunch of kosher fair foods, carnival rides, exotic animal guests, special entertainment by the Oklahoma City Thunder, Dreidel Man, and other characters. It all starts at 4.30 p.m., it's free, and the whole affair is organized by the Shabbat Community Center. I would like to add that there will also be a menorah car parade on Thursday, December 22nd, hmm. that begins at the community center and goes to Bricktown Ballpark. So check that out, too. For more information, visit JewishOKC.com. I think I know the answer, but who's your first favorite Jewish bad boy? Larry David. I thought you were going to say Jesus. No. <laughs> um, is he third, fourth? I don't know. <laughs> I, I'd have to. I'd have to give some thought. Turning over tables. He's pretty cool, but, yeah. you know, I like, I cool. like Larry David. No. Okay, fair enough. All right. I just, yeah. I think that's probably the first time Larry David has been described as a bad boy. I think that's also probably correct. Yeah. 
Nate, what's your event? I don't know. Man, there are so many things to love about Christmas. Eggnog mixed with bourbon. Ooh, my sound just changed. Eggnog mixed with rum. In a pinch, eggnog mixed with vodka. It'll work as long as you stay hydrated. There's eggnog with a side of mulled wine. Eggnog with the mulled wine just poured into it. Eggnog with just regular wine poured into it because this time of year, who has time to mull anything? There's eggnog and Captain Morgan. Wait, I think I just realized I made a mistake. Greg, when you sent me the write-up, I admit I skimmed it. I'm a little bit of a skimmer. And so when I saw this thing about three spirits visiting in the night, uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to pivot. I'm going to pivot. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Three spirits will be, will be visiting one Ebenezer Scrooge nightly at Guthrie's Pollard Theater during the annual run of A Territorial Christmas Carol, the most uniquely Oklahoma adaptation of Charles Dickens' classic story that there is. In this beautiful historic theater, he'll watch as a crusty old Englishman is awakened to the truth of the holiday by three extremely cranky ghosts. Not spirits. Yeah, sorry. Ghosts. Spirits has another connotation. Anyway, ghosts. This production is part of Guthrie's amazing holiday celebrations. Seriously, Guthrie's like the place to go at Christmas in Oklahoma. It's incredible. Uh, This is a perfect opportunity to go check out their gorgeous downtown, arrayed in all its amazing Victorian-era Christmas glory. For tickets, call 405-282-2800 or visit thepollard.org. That's really going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, um, eggnog and Captain Morgan is a lot of fun, too. But not eggnog and mulled wine. Ooh. I mean, not together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one or the other, but it, not both. You know, if you want to have just like just saying, a, you know, sometimes you just uh, get a bucket. But if you're looking for a four-spirit evening, maybe go to this and then have a drink after. Yeah. Gin. Yeah. Gin is pretty Christmassy. It tastes. Yeah. In eggnog? But with but eggnog? Not in, not no, eggnog. just, uh, no, with tonic. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's also a good you summer can drink. Drink in fall eggnog. And just by I like to put eggnog in chai tea. We oh, actually um, seriously nog. like the day before Thanksgiving every year. It's like a ritual. We go to Brahms and get a thing of their eggnog because it's so good. And it's in the fridge now. Yeah, we'll go to my house after this and drink the rest. Does it have eggs in it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I really don't know. Yeah, it has eggs. <laughs> okay, I just <coughs> it's just so egg yolk, right? It's just eggs that have been nogged. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it's not really nogged help. eggs. I just didn't know. I don't. I don't. I was afraid to ask. I don't know what eggnog is actually. I don't want to shock you, but have you had an egg McMuffin lately? Also, yeah, they're right then there. Oh, I I know that. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, I just. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks. Nogged eggs, man. You just can't get a good nogged egg in the summer. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Classic. I feel like um, I've ground everything to a halt. No. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Here, I'll do mine. I could really use a drink. Isn't it kind of weird that the two places that gingerbread houses come up are around Christmas and in a story about two children being abandoned by their parents, lured in by a gingerbread house and kidnapped by a witch? Yes. Yeah. Well, let's just hope you're trying for the first one when you head to the clubhouse in Ardmore for their gingerbread workshop. Space is limited, so act fast. It's $15 per person. includes all the supplies you'll need to build the perfect trap for Hansel. Nope. Uh, All the things you'll need to celebrate the holidays. Visit ardmorecity.org and click on the clubhouse for more information. The clubhouse is there uh, is a really cool uh, Ardmore's um, uh, Parks and Rec sort of oh, facility. That's so cool. and they do lots of they do lots of cool classes and other events out there. So uh, if you're not going to make yeah. it to the gingerbread uh, house uh, slash 
child trap making uh, <laughs> workshop, then you know, look, there's other stuff to, um, to do. Ardmore is a great town. I like Ardmore. I got to go there for food with the drive. And I, just, <laughs> I was like driving around Ardmore, like this is a good town. Yeah, it's just a good town. And the sound of us putting eggs into other holiday drinks uh, means go. that this. Uh. <laughs> episode of the Oklahoma Today podcast is coming to a close. Join us again next week or if you just can't get enough, head to oklahomatoday.com and pick up our latest issue on newsstands right now. Send your feedback to oktpod at travelok.com and we will talk to you again next week. The Oklahoma Today podcast is a production of Oklahoma Today magazine, the Oklahoma Tourism and Recreation Department. Your hosts are Oklahoma Today editors Nathan Gunner, Greg Elbow, Carly Ibarra, Megan Rossman, and Ben Lucian. Theme song editing and production held by Oklahoma Today's production manager, Bridget Sloan. For more information, visit oklahomatoday.com. Happy holidays <gasps> and happy Hanukkah. That is a holiday. a holiday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't listening. <laughs>